Welcome to Car Argumentative, an uh, audio podcast about cars and car culture and everything you know that has four wheels and two wheels and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm your host, Thomas Faulkner. I'm the Sunday Times motoring journalist and web monkey. And uh, I've been joined in studio today by three good friends of mine who are as passionate as cars as I am. Some would say more, some would say less, but that's you know a big debate on its own. On microphone number one, I've got Mark Paluta. Mark, how are you doing? Fine, and you? Excellent. Cool. Mark number two, I've got <laughs> Mike Salomon. How's it? How are you doing? I'm good, how's it? Lucky, lucky. I did pronounce your surname correctly. Salomon, absolutely Salomon. perfect. Okay, brilliant. But I mean, I'm bit, are we discussing motorbikes? Because, I mean... No. Not yet. Oh. We'll get to I that. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. And on the microphone number three, we've got Nadav Ravid. Good evening, Thomas. How are you doing? Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Lovely to see you. That's good to see you guys. So now I've got all you guys in studio because, you know, as I said, you guys love cars. And I'd like to just touch on the cars that you guys have got because you're not like normal petrol heads who kind of have like one car. You have many. Some more than others, but but there's always been a collection of stuff. So, you know, I just like, I'd like all of you guys just tell the people out there what you've got and why and you know just a little bit about i uh, think we should start with you Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> me yeah. you want to know why so, so we so want to know what cars you have okay and so if you can call them cars of course you can call them cars <laughs> so well listen the one the one's phenomenal and i suppose the other one gives context yeah look I like unusual cars. So I, you know, as a motoring journalist, I've got I've got a Daihatsu Materia Turbo, very rare. Say that again. Daihatsu Materia Turbo. And it's very it's rare. Google that. <laughs> it's probably the rarest car that any of us own because they only built forty of them. <laughs> like internationally, forty. They could only sell forty-five. Forty. 40. <laughs> like in all, like in the whole of Japan. No, in the whole of South Africa. It's a oh. it's a South African special. Uh-huh. And that makes it even cooler. Then my second car is a Porsche nine eleven. Yeah, which you just made us all very warm inside. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, argue with that one. Yeah. yeah. So, Mark. Um, I've also got a Porsche 911. Mm-hmm. We won't say which one because we're not NRX. It's well, Porsche some of us are NRX. Then I have an <laughs> another Porsche 911. Yeah. We won't say which one. Okay. Then I have, my mother-in-law calls it an Austin Martin, but it's an Aston Martin. Okay. And an Alfa Romeo. Very one, cool. so which one? Um, only one. Oh, technically one, but there is another one. It's kind of like one with lots of rusty flakes. Yeah. No, but you just decide, describe pretty much every alpha. <laughs> Except for your I pearl of an alpha, Mike. So let's talk about what Mike has, yeah. because that's a long... That's a, I thought Mike was coming last. Well, Mike can well, come last. There's a reason. No, yeah, because his list is. Oh yes, that's true. Actually. It's, it's not reason. that long. That's it's that, not that long. No, that is true. We 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 will keep you for last. So I'm going to jump to Nadav. Okay. Well, they, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We 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 skipped over Mark for a reason that will become clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I I represent mm-hmm. not necessarily own but keep um, various cars from <laughs> Porsche 911s. Uh, to some Morgans, um, yeah, and um, very passionate. They come and go. Uh, yeah. Um, What's your favorite at the moment? Like, what are you dailying? What did you drive here tonight? 
Uh, tonight I drove a Porsche 911. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, it's a 2009 Carrera 4S. Um, and we'll leave the anoraknis there. We want to see how this podcast develops and mm. just how far we can push the anorak side yeah, of things. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, we don't want to alienate anyone at this stage. Yeah. Um, so you need to control yourself. You I, I'm going to have to control. It's going to be very hard. Because you your know? wealth of anorak knowledge is phenomenal. I mean, Nadav can tell you paint codes and what the paint is on like every single manufacturer spec sheet. He knows the first car and the last car to have magnesium spoked wheels. <laughs> and where that magnesium was mined. It's incredible. Indeed, indeed is right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm sure we'll get into more details at some stage. But mm. um, I, I think Mike's got a fascinating collection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, anyone who's got multiple 911s and a whole lot of Morgans, um, <laughs> um, um, I think there are a lot of people who would just argue that they all look the same. Um, what, the Morgans <laughs> or the 911s? I think both. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, the Morgans are all exactly the same, huh? They, they, they are not. There's a hundred years of history here, Mike, and an evolutionary type of scenario, the same as a Porsche 911. But but they again, all still made a word. Well, perhaps we should uh, mark this down as a topic of discussion. Uh, Morgan is a UK manufacturer. Um, not everybody knows about it. It's not popular as such. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's a weird brand, Morgan, for me. I mean, I've never really been a big... Kind of Morgan, I think you are. I like the three-wheeler one. Yeah, the three-wheeler is cool, but apparently that thing self-destructs from the vibration. Serious, which makes it also even cooler. Yeah, yeah. And you probably (laughs) could die if you if you crashed it. Yeah, that's exciting. Like it's epically cool. Um, But do do you think that they're still making wooden Morgans because they just don't have the capacity and their order book just stretches back to the (laughs) sixties? Or the fi- or the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to fulfill that one. Hey, Mark, tell us what cars you got. So, Mark, Gary, I'm not allowed to answer that question. No, you can. Pencil it, pencil it in. I, pencil think should, it. I think Morgan should be a discussion for another week. I think that's a very um, good idea. Yeah. So, okay, if you are a curator, curator of, of cars, Mike represents the kind of like the playboy aspect. Definitely. You know, I, I feel definitely. that I'm being misjudged. Here. I, I don't think I so. Think, I think I'm being <laughs> very misjudged. Here's, here's because, because, because the only person here not wearing socks. Mike. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm wearing slops. Playboy. Who is the man who came into this office and demanded tequila and fluff? <laughs> Straight off the bat. Mike? It wasn't Mark Paluta. It no. wasn't. It wasn't Nadav. It wasn't. Okay, but to in, in fairness, yeah. 50% of the room supported it. Yeah. And... <laughs> and Fifty percent of the room didn't deliver, so I mean, I'm both uh, encouraged by some and aggrieved at the same time. Okay. Well, you know, just to add fuel to my argument, this is the man who owns a Lamborghini Diablo, mm. which yeah. is quite possibly, you know, Miami's Sunset Strip. Mm. No, no, it's it's an absolute piece of automotive porn, and I must say, I'm the most fortunate person in the world. I also caretake some cars, mm. um, and my garage is pretty full, so. Uh, 911s are my thing, and I, I think, um, I mean, I like to consider myself a bit of a double agent in terms of anorakness. I think I can, uh, I can have when it comes to air cooled, and actually possibly some of the water cooled stuff can hold my own. Um, but I like to, I like to delve into all of the, the, the automotive options from, from that the world offers. Um, with the exception at the moment of maybe some Japanese stuff, and uh, I don't have a Japanese car, yeah, I and and I don't have an American car, um, which, uh, which I think that definitely needs. Both to of those are way. fine. I'm happy with that. No man, you must explore. No. You must you must taste all all facets of the automotive chain. You know, 
Okay. Um, the sushi goes a long way. Yeah, it does. It very does. fitting. Oh, oh, it does. We need to sort out the Japanese side of your collection. No, there's no doubt. There's but no doubt. Actually, we saw a very nice Japanese car on the way here today. We did. What's a Lexus? ISF. ISF. That's Ooh. a great car. Yeah, yeah. But except this thing was hugely modified. It had like the biggest carbon fiber bonnet you've ever seen. Mm. And I mean, I did take a photo of the car and the guy who was wearing it. He had like quite a tight shirt. I thought there was a chance. And he said, worth a lot. Yeah. He did say worth a lot. <laughs> and he also did say, like, remember, photos aren't free. Um, <laughs> which yeah. uh, a stock standard Lexus ISF is a wonderful, wonderful yeah, it thing. Is. Yeah, uh, cool. is it really though? Behold, Direct absolutely. competitor to the E92 M3, correct? But with an only auto gearbox. That's yeah. right. Maybe. Listen, we're getting ahead of ourselves. This we is are. another topic for pencil this in. Okay, right under I'm, Morgan. I'm penciling it in with my finger on my iPad right now. <laughs> Mike, you mentioned you've got a great love for 911s. You own you own a couple. I've driven some of them. Which is the favorite? I mean, it, like if you had to pick one, which is your favorite? So, 70E, it's my favorite car of, mm. of, of all. It's just phenomenal. It's Everything is analog on that car. There's no servos on the brakes. The fuel injection's mechanical. It's just an absolutely pure, pure piece of driving uh, um, experience. You, you've had it for, for a day. It's That's just it. absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, I think we're going to be discussing at some point in time the, the, the issue around singers. But like that, that car, you can't replicate what Porsche did in, in the early days, just how special those cars are. Um, interesting thing is that obviously because it's limited, it doesn't have any creature comforts and all that type of thing, being left-hand drive, the reality is you couldn't practically live with it from a day-to-day -day perspective. So um, I think that actually the most competent car of all, and uh, I'm sitting in a room where they're both current and previous owners of GT3s, um, and actually, no, it's just because you had the wrong seats. If you had had the right seats, See, Nadav was, mm. just for anyone listening, this, uh, Nadav was shaking his head because he no longer has a GT3. Mm. Um, and he sold it for practicality purposes. Mm. And he sits and thinks about it every night. I know that. Um, every day, every minute of every day. Yeah. But a GT3 actually on, on road seats is an enormously competent and very broadly skilled car. I agree with you there. And I, I don't know why people have these racing seats. They came standard. I know, no. but like, it's just uncomfortable. Find me others. <laughs> just go, go just go make a, a cushion. Wreck, go find a wrecked 996 yeah, okay. and, and, and go and put some there. seats in. It's not a bad idea. I mean, if I knew how to fix anything, I could probably do it. But it does create presence, uh, an occasion when yeah. you get into a GT3 with sports seats. Yeah, backache. No, I mean, you're not going to go for that long. <laughs> no, one no one drives a GT3 for that long. Oh, can I, can I, no, I wouldn't change it for, for having it as a second or a third car. But if it had to be your only car, yeah. the simple solution is have a GT3 on, on road seats. I, Epic. I, I did daily my GT3 uh, for two years. Um, it was difficult um, for various reasons, but not because of the seats. Um, for anyone who knows the second generation 996 GT3 and there comes the anorakness again um, <laughs> it came standard with uh, fixed bucket seats full racing fixed bucket seats um, which I found genuinely incredibly comfortable um, I must be honest that I don't think it was the seats that were the issue 
it was probably in the end the suspension and the low ride height. No, I, but, I, I, uh, no. The problem is actually the seats don't seats. have enough cushion. No, they're phenomenal, but they don't provide enough cushioning. So what you were feeling as suspension, uh, it was actually the seats. Correct. If you had got some seat, some some road seats in, as I say, you could have solved solved that problem with a with a pair of seats and a couple of Allen keys, and uh, yeah. And Bob's but, your uncle, but, but you know. We'll, we'll, we'll let uh, we'll let it. Uh, no, no, no. You bizarre. haven't finished telling us about your cars, Magnum PR. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, just briefly. Like, what else have you got? I mean, you've got I've the got Widowmaker uh, Porsche, which, yeah, which is which nine thirty, which is cool. Everyone's got to have one of those. Yeah, I mean, actually, funny enough, it's very comp- very compromised, um, and it's. I disagree. No, it is compromised. I uh, love massive, driving Massively compromised. No, I mean, like, it's only for very certain uh, um, um, occasions. Scenari- no, scenarios, actually. So, because of the gearing, because it's four speed, um, it's, it really it's a, it's a challenge to drive fast in slow environments because you're in the wrong gear the whole time. Also, like, when it starts going uh, going wrong in that thing, um, it's it has all the all the problems that the early 911s had um, combined with 300 horsepower. So, I mean. But having said that, I think the the tales of it being such a widowmaker were a little bit uh, exaggerated. exaggerated. And I think that actually it was a little bit unfounded, especially on modern tires. Yeah, mm. but but funny enough, so I've, I mean I've got an eighty one three hundred eight Ferrari, which is which is awesome. I've had it for thirteen years now. Mm. It's been a labour of love to to get it to where it is. Um, and fortunately, for all these cars, I didn't really pay much for them, and it's really been uh, uh, building this thing up. And I haven't sold a car now for for about 12 or 13 years. Um, but I've got a lot of context in terms of what works. And pretty much the two mo- least powerful cars are the um, the 308 and the 911E. And the reality of it is, is that, you know, those cars, you can drive them fast, well, fast for them mm. in a built-up environment without being irresponsible. And there's a lot to be said for that. Well, that's a great thing. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm a big believer in, in slow car fast. And the more, you know, of, of these high-speed supercars, hypercars I drive, the, the more they kind of seem pointless in an everyday driving environment. Like, if you don't have a track, you're wasting your time. I agree with that completely. Well, well, yeah. I've got mates in, uh, in Europe who've got some phenomenal collections. Um, and they have said that owning a modern supercar in an environment where you can only go 60 k's an hour is it's, it's not actually um, not fun. It's actually horrible mm. because you literally end up just sitting at low revs in a in a even a even in a low gear, and it's just frustrating. So yeah, ultimately you want to have moderate power, skinny tires, lightweight. Mm. That's why Thomas drives his sewing machine. Exactly. <laughs> but more about that later. We're going to have a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to speak about Mike's. Well, one of Mike's other recent acquisitions, the Alfa Romeo. 4C. Welcome back to Cargumentative. And in this section of the show, we're going to have a massive debate, a fiery debate that's been raging on uh, you know, our social media platforms and our WhatsApp groups for, for, for days. There is no weeks. debate. There is a massive debate. There's a huge debate. And we're going to be talking about a car that Mike owns, the Alfa Romeo 4C, and it's 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 a hotly contested. Nadav, explain. Let's get one thing out the way for a minute. Is it beautiful? 
Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, Can we all agree? Wait, just yeah, yeah, it's simple pretty, yes or no. It's, it's, there are a couple of things that I don't like about it, but in, in the main, I think it is. It's, it's beautiful. It's, I don't think cool. anybody can cool. disagree. And I think that that's where the debate started, is this thing was brought on to us. It was released at the motor show. The first photos came out, and everyone said, oh, my God. For the first time in years, here's an alpha that actually people wanted. People looked at it and lust was their first emotion. They were willing to put their money down on it. Okay. You are right. It actually does make my balls tingle. Fine. And yeah, people <laughs> and we can say balls. balls. We agreed balls. you can say balls. Yeah. Hands and pants time when the Alpha 4C came out in magazines. Absolutely. I don't think there's any... That, no. that, that part of the story is no debate. Yeah. I mean, it took what was great about the 8C and just made it yes. better. It, I mean, it, it is... It is a, it, it, it's a and accessible. Yeah, I mean, like an 8C is just not realistically no, on sure. anyone's radar. No. But, but it's beautiful. A beautiful car. And the proportions are great. You see it in the flat. It's nice and wide. with a nice low stance. Agreed. Agreed. I right. don't think so anybody disagrees. Yeah, I think everyone listening is hearing that. I'm literally being teed up. I just picture a golf yeah. There's a, a huge butt coming. But, yeah. This is There's a comes. huge butt coming. <laughs> okay. Carry on. I love you. And we're not talking about Mark Paluta. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit below the belt, isn't it? Um so the bat is that the 4C, so let, let's take uh, our personal opinions out of it for a moment. The 4C has not been the darling of the motoring press uh, since its launch. So For it's, good reason. Uh, so, so Thomas being a professional motoring well, journalist. That's debatable. Uh, so apparently. Yeah. Uh, he, he tends to agree with what seems to be the, the unifying notion out there about the 4C that in the end it was... A gigantic disappointment. Mm. Can I and can I, as a professional? I uh, like yes. that. No one's ever you called should. me professional You're before. A professional. As a professional, what I didn't like about this car, okay, a expensive. Okay, it's playing when a ballpark where there are much better cars, better driving cars, better all-round cars. Okay, that's number one. Number two, terrible gearbox. If you're going to make a purist car, a purist back to basics car, there's okay, nothing wrong with the gearbox. It's terrible. Compared it's from a Fiat to? 500. Wait, listen, listen. You can it's not from a Fiat 500. You can, well, it feels like it's from a Fiat 500. Oh like God. that Ferrari Speciala thing that people It's a buy. double clutch gearbox. Doesn't matter. Anyway, third point, okay. I can't even look at him. <laughs> third point, <laughs> it, has, it has steering that is unassisted. Okay? Fantastic. Normally, this is a good thing. It How, is. In the Lotus Elise. However, in this 4C, I oh, found yeah, it. Lotus Elise. Wait, 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 wait. You should have built it up a little bit more listen, before you introduced Just listen it. to me. You can take me to sheds in five minutes' time. I'm just putting up my point of view. Steering, that, that, that steering was very disappointing for me. did not have the feel that um, it, it, it should have. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was, it was a very just uh, – there's nothing there, especially around the center point. It's dead. It's a dead zone, which is weird for – Unassisted steering, okay. Secondly, that engine. Don't like that engine. Why? Why? Because it's just like this, un- it has no character. It's just this. It hums and fizzes and humdrop, screams oh, and. But as opposed and to what? As opposed to something like an S2000 engine or something in a Lotus Elise where it revs. N- you can't have revs and huge amounts of torque. I know, there has to be a trade off. I'd, and if you're going to make a purist back-to-basics car, have a manual gearbox, have an engine that likes to be ringed out up to 9,000 or 8,000 or whatever it is, okay? <laughs> then build quality. 
Alpha, Alpha just went wild. They poured all their money into a carbon fiber chassis. Wait, listen. They've never had good build quality. It wasn't even anticipated. Well, some, some, some should be, you know, just some, some Alphas are good. Some Alphas are crap. Some Alphas are in between. But the 4C, I mean, you open up the boot and you can just see like self-tapping screws and r- At least it's resin. Screwed. And well, for how long? <laughs> you know, where is the boot? <laughs> well, not exactly. the boot. You know what I mean. Exactly. You know Marks. what I mean. Not the boot, but the 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 the, the cover that that the hides tiny the little engine. area behind yeah. the engine exactly. where you can place a tiny little bag. Yeah. Where you go on your tiny little holiday with your tiny little other person that will only just fit in the other seat. Correct. <laughs> so <laughs> they're missing the point. No, I'm not missing the point. Anyway, so that t- to <laughs> me it was it was a, a disappointing car. It's. It looked great. It promised a lot, but to me, it just did not deliver, especially when you consider that there were more affordable second-hand cars like the Lotus Elise, which you could still buy, which I think is a much better pure sports car than that, uh, especially when you consider in, in the price that not too long ago you could get a high-end Cayman. The GT4, actually, when the, that first came out, that was more or less in the same ballpark give or take give or 300 take. Thousand. So, and there's no doubt Cayman is better yeah uh, so GD4 not so even look discussion. that's my that's my opinion on that car to me it just hasn't how much is a Lotus Elise so uh, the Elise started like 200 to, 200 to 400 but then the Exige is really what you want to compare I mean ultimately if you're gonna uh, so I mean I get in terms of the steering having some issues in it I mean, I still think it's massively, massively um, direct. Um, the, the car, to me, feels like a race car in every respect. You've got power that, that comes in. It's boosting one and a half bar very early. Um, the, the, this, just the feeling when you're in it, the way that the, the digital readout is um, a bit like a race car, you actually feel like you're driving a race car every single day. Now, I think that we need also to put some context into this. So I, I'll concede that this thing was never on my radar when it was at the new price, never. But when it's gone and it's lost like 35% in a matter of a year and you buy a car with 2,000 Ks on it, now it's starting to be compelling because in terms of performance, um, and, and I'm talking about outright performance. Track, straight line, maybe not above 100 because the thing is obviously being small engine. Above, above 120, 130, it does lack a little bit of punch, which you just you can just imagine that to be the case. But when you compare it to, uh, if you want to try and get more performance, you now have to start talking about 911 turbo type, type, uh, mm. type cars. Um, and, you know, ultimately, for, for me, it was a matter of, I want an Exige. Not even a discussion, I want an Exige. Um, and I, I, I will definitely at some point have an Exige. And I think there are a lot of elements of the Exige that are, are better than the, than the 4C and the execution. Um, conceptually, they're very, very similar. And, and as I say, like the, the 4C still makes my nuts tingle. It just does. I get, to, I get up to it and you know, I get that thing warm and it's going sideways and, and it's just, it really is, it's a special car. Um, and the flaws are really what makes it. I agree. You loaned it to me for a few days and only on day two did I finally get my head around the car. It gave me a headache after two days, took some Neurofen, felt a bit better and then I could push on a little bit. And it blew me away. And you have to, it, its flaws are what make it. The unassisted power steering, the 
a little bit of lag before the boost. The all of those things, I think, are the things that make it give it character. The very things that you think don't, I think, do. And I haven't driven a Lotus Exige, so I can't comment. It going back, it's 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 a terribly exciting car. I, I will not doubt that. I also was very kindly loaned the car by Mike, and I'm very appreciative as always. Um, I just I think that what it is is a case of a broken promise. Um, Alfa Romeo is a brand that we all love. We've all grown up with it. It was almost the affordable sports car. Um, it still had all the Italian, um, the the Italian passion and the design flair that we sought in those unreachable Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And we we looked up to Alfa, something that was achievable. We love Alfa as car people. We all love Alfa, and here was a car that didn't deliver on a promise. Um, it it delivered on the looks front, and it definitely delivers on the pizzazz front. Okay, and it's the got performance. I mean, art, art not performance. The problem is if you compare it with its contemporaries, the flaws shine out. So the question is, are you seeing it as? equal to and to be compared to something similar or are you seeing it all on its own so for argument's sake my argument with the 4c is that they rushed it to market i feel like it's an unfinished product i feel like that everything is there on paper to make a spectacular sports car and somehow they missed the mark the reason they missed the mark i think is that it was pushed by the accountants and the marketers to market Alpha needed something to save it, and they used the 4C as what it was, and they brought it out prior to its being finished. Here's my one of the reasons I say that. The steering, unassisted, okay, which is exceptionally rare in, in, in this day and age, okay, unassisted driving, you know, moving the front wheels without any power or electrical assistance that's so common, and yet it doesn't have much feel. It's not particularly direct. I think what that product is is you love driving it on track recently i think that was a product of too much track time i think the car was developed on track where the steering feel is actually less of an issue than it becomes on a road what it fails is as a as a as a sports car on the road that's comparable to its contemporaneous rivals so i, I mean I, I i'll say this like i'll put it in different words i think as a road car it's an absolute disaster. As a first car, it's literally not an option. Mm. I mean, it's probably the best eighth car that you can have. <laughs> <laughs> He's using my words for the record. Yeah. <laughs> you just stole his glory. Yeah. Well, that was my that was my closing line. <laughs> yeah. And we're glad that it exists. Absolutely. They did rush um, it to market. They rushed it to market because yeah. they were entering the American market at the time, yeah. and they needed a halo car, and that was what they produced. Mm. I'm glad they made it. Absolutely. You know, the alternative was maybe not produce it. Maybe put electric power steering in. Rather have that, I think, than electric. Um, yeah. There's a what, what if they hadn't gone with the uh, carbon fiber chassis and they'd gone with uh, aluminum? Well, aluminum. <laughs> aluminum. <laughs> aluminum. Well, that's, uh, listen, it's great to you see that I mean? we're, uh, we're really now appealing to the uh, North American listeners. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, ultimately, like, the composites make a, 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 there's a real sense mm. of theater in that car. Um, and, and actually, that, that for me is what it is. Every single drive I go is absolute theater. I, I, I'm 
absolutely um, um, fanatic on, on fanatical on warming cars up properly. Mm. But once it's warm, I drive the wheels off that thing. And I'll, I'll say the, the the opposite is to try and drive it slowly. It's a, it's it's a complete disaster. It seriously is is a mess. But it's just that's not what it's for. It's it's I actually would want it to have all these flaws. You know, I compare it to like the 308, and I compare it to a car like the Turbo, and and each one of those things, like. They, they were never going to create perfection, automotive perfection. And I think that we're probably being a little bit hard on, uh, on, on, on Alpha. And, I mean, if you go into it, it's, it, is it a driver's car? It's absolutely a driver's car. And actually, the problem is, is that not many people are real drivers, especially people who can afford these things. And no offense to Nadav, and I mean, I suppose you've moved on, but the average Cayman driver will hate this car. <laughs> <laughs> Nadav owned a Cayman for a I while. Owned, I owned a Cayman for Which a is a much better car. Yeah, so uh, at the time that the 4C was released, uh, Thomas and I actually had the good fortune of literally driving a Cayman S981 and an Alfa Romeo 4C back-to-back. And that was telling. I must be honest, if you're looking at it objectively on a piece of paper, comparing mm. features and comparing ability, the Cayman blew the 4C away. It really, really did. Uh, in terms of braking performance, steering feel, um, the engine has so much character in the Cayman. It sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, and but you can plug your Bluetooth in yeah. and like and listen to things. I was getting to a but. I was getting to a but. A but. The 981 Cayman S that we drove back to back back then will not be remembered as anything special, I don't think. It's well, an it excellent in sports isolation. car. In isolation, in isolation. It's, a, it's a brilliant but car. But the Alpha 4C forged its own little cult. Own little cult. And I think in 20 years' time, flawed or not, it will still be seen as an absolute it's classic. something so, I want so, so, so I and, and, and I recommend it. And I, So I, when I, about 15-odd years ago, 18 years ago, sorry my age, but I had a I had a, a 73 RS replica for the non-Porsche people, so it was a, a, a genuine Porsche, but it was modelled on, built up to look like a 1973 RS, and that thing had no sound deadening, it had um, very direct everything, um, no servo brakes as well, and it was an absolute handful, and. I actually had the same thing that I get out of that as when I get out the 308. At the end of the day when I get out of it, um, I actually feel like it's enough. I've had enough. I actually want to drive something else. And, you know, it's a weird thing, but that's actually something that I look for in a car. Because if it's not going to drain me and if it's not going to demand my full attention and take uh, take it out of me, I'm saying it's not involving enough. Mm. As I say, flawed. No doubt. But, um, I mean, just, uh, I mean, for the record, and, I mean, uh, this is recorded. You, mm. you, you won't you, tell anybody. You people have no soul. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying. Uh, it's the exception of me because I, I love it, the it, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm looking at that side of the room. Kay. I'm looking at, at, at the two accountants over there. Look, at, if, you come on, if you come onto my phone and you see what music I've got on here. See, I've got l- plenty of song. No, I think uh, <laughs> I don't know so much. Lots. I think, uh, like, it's my new defining thing: is if you like the four C, then you then you've got soul, and if you're not, then you're just. I've got a I've got a small four C anecdote for us, perhaps mm-hmm. to to finish the to wrap the, it up, the, yeah. the little um, little segment here. Um, my wife uh, is a big car person. Mm. Uh, she really loves cars, and and her knowledge is actually exceptional. Uh, she's a great driver too. 
and um she was very excited about the alpha when it came home she loved it it said it she said it looked spectacular it looked like a million dollars which it really does um and as it happened uh we had an, uh, a sort of an unseasonable uh unseasonal small shower of rain just prior to her first uh, test drive and she said to me that it's literally the only car that she refuses to get back into. She thought she was going to die. <laughs> yeah, except for the fact that she keeps calling me up and asking if I'll take over coffee. But I mean, I just, I'm not sure. What that is. <laughs> okay, so oh dear, thanks, Mark. So the Alpha Four C, <laughs> it's like salted licorice. We're glad it it exists, but it's not for everyone. Oh, definitely not. Cool. We're gonna take another quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna be talking about sleepers. Welcome back to Cargumentative, a car where men talk about machines and argue a lot, which is cool. Um, in this next segment, we're going to be talking about sleepers. And for those of you who don't know what a sleeper is, it's a car that looks unassuming and surprises people by being incredibly fast. Actually, the quaalude of cars. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe That's not. Uh, Mark's word of the day is quaalude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not entirely sure why, but... Um, Can you give us just a Quaalude quick, starts uh, with a yeah. Q. Yeah. Um, There's two A's in it. Okay, that, you're right, Mark. Um, and how Mark's, does one use a, a, a quaalude correctly? They're like asking me because my day job is an anesthetist. They think I know how to use quaaludes. Let's set that aside for a minute and join it in amazing segue... <laughs> Where Q is for Q car. Yeah. Ah. Okay. And um, a sleeper, another another term for a sleeper is a Q car. Correct. Um, I'm not too sure actually how that term came about. But a Q car is, as you say, a, an unassuming looking car. Mm. So as opposed to something like a Lamborghini with scissor doors and uh, magenta paint and giant wings, this is something, uh, you know, surreptitious and quiet, but... Uh, packing a punch. It what's blends the, in. What's yeah. the earliest one that you can think and of? And the ultimate. Come on, Anorak. The earliest cue car sleeper that I can think of. It was probably a hot rod made by some American in the 50s. No, because I think those, those, those were think actually, European. Because no, yeah, so everyone were, understands yeah, what yeah, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because those are, those are all all muscle cars. I mean, they were all based on like production <laughs> cars. So they, they, I think the proper, uh, one that I'm thinking about is uh, the, the 300 S, uh, SEL. The, uh, the one that mm. it, like, pretty much it, yeah, I mean pretty no it pretty much was the first AMG mm. yeah that's not a bad that's not a bad so I, I think maybe what what we haven't mentioned is that it's almost got to be a four door it's almost got to be a sedan because a coupe stands out too much to be a sleeper yeah yeah so uh, unless it's SCL, a the 6.3 was 6.3 6.2 6.3 yeah 6.3 was was a sleeper it was a sedan with a giant engine it was incredibly it was incredibly fast um, and it, it, I think it, it brought, you might be right, it might have brought on the first sort of sleeper. What about the Audi stable, like Audi S8s, like mm. Ronan? The guy wanted to get away from people Absolute fast. He wanted sure. to blend in. What did he ask for? An Audi sure. S8. Audi yeah. S cars. Yeah, but that's just because they were crashed. The other Ronan well. was an M5. Yeah, mm. correct. And it was an E? 39. 39 M5. No, it wasn't. No, it, it was the E34. 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 Oh, that's that's correct. Your, yeah, I'm afraid. And, and that was before flared arches and mm. too much stuff going on in the M stable. Mm. So that was another Q car. So I think Audi have, have been one of the few that have managed to bring the Q car sort of forward to 2018. Um, an M5 BMW is quite shouty. 
now these days. Yeah. Not really, actually. No, I'll yeah. find one. And actually, uh, to be honest, it was... There's like, exhausts and vents and things. No, no, no. Uh, I just had the new one on test last week. And oh, I sorry, thought it Thomas. was very... Subtle. Very demure. Yeah, actually, demure. I was behind one. Demure. I was behind, I was behind one. Look at you all fancy, eh? Yeah. Um, I was behind <laughs> one, and actually I thought the same thing. Uh, to be honest, I, I reckon the average person wouldn't have picked it out. Mm. Um, but I, I, so before we get into like what is what isn't, I mean, I, I, I've got a, a thing that I don't think there is such thing as a sleeper anymore because the reality of it is, is modern cars are seriously fast. Mm. Um, we're getting to the limits of traction and all kinds of things like that. You go and take a, a, a BMW 440, um, or sorry, 340. That's it's because it's because it's because it's because it's sedan. That thing that thing's gonna do not 100 probably in four four odd seconds, Late four and a half seconds. Yeah. And I'm saying like it's an expectation now that cars are really fast. So like, does the sleeper really exist anymore? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think performance is caught up, so everything is fast. Yeah, yeah, but it's still it's still it's still comparative. So, so yeah, you so know. if we take something that's really much faster than your average three forty, if you're looking at M cars, an M four or M three, it's no longer a sleeper. So a suggestion M3 is no, way it's definitely no, it's definitely not. It's actually, but the thing about it is that if you put your Aston, um, looking all stylish, going down the the highway, and any any two series, which is oh. a discussion in itself. Mm. Um, uh, if, any, if any two series goes next to you, like, do you even think that um, that you've got a chance against it? Like, you just assume that the guy's going to put his foot down. You're not going to have to worry about yeah. rev matching or uh, changing a gear with a clutch or anything like that. Yeah. He's just going to put his foot down or and she. blow my doors off. And blow your yeah, doors totally. off. I mean, you could say the same about a Golf GTI. I mean, it's got to a point Best where… Best car in the world. Hashtag. God, you heard it too. I'm <laughs> adding it to the list for discussion for next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean… I actually own a sleeper. <laughs> in a weird way. No, I do. I, I do. I know you guys hate oh, my car. No. I know you want to throw stones at it and defecate on the bonnet and, you know, <laughs> smear its windows with cat poop. It wasn't me that wrote that on the bonnet. Oh, no. <laughs> but but the point is that that is in its own right a sleeper. It's, it's a is unassuming it, looking what car. What about the scoop on the bonnet? It's very subtle. It's not. I'm it's, it's, very, it's actually it's a scoop on a, on a K car. It's, okay. it's very subtle. It's, it's not a K car. It's too big. It's massively quirky. I'll give it that. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like Postman Pat's van, and <laughs> and they've managed to get it to to oversteer the old-fashioned way by putting drums on the rear, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, because it doesn't, record cause it doesn't really it doesn't really break the rear wheels, so. <laughs> that back end wants to overtake the yeah. front. So for anyone who's chosen to listen to this drivel, I, uh, <laughs> what we're talking about is Thomas's <laughs> daily, which is a Daihatsu Materia Turbo. He mentioned it earlier. Now, um, obviously, we, with the medium of radio and podcast, it's, it's, it's not possible to broadcast you a picture, but it's very easy to imagine one. Think of a dishwasher. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. You got it. That's, what, that's it. But that's I like. I, <laughs> no, it, and it we get that like you like too. it, it's and we get that it's a South African special, like and it's different, and and it actually is probably quite fun to drive. But it's, but the thing about a sleeper and a Q car is it has to be like seriously fast. I was going to swear there, and I had to say help. No, uh, help but, uh, but, balls. But, yeah. no, but you can have a sleeper in a category of car. Ah, oh, thank you. You can have a sleeper in a. You, no, you can. We were saying sedans. Yeah. Four door sedans. No, no, no. Okay, so then sure. let's be more specific. You so sleepers that. in mm. what? So what I, what I would you term your car in dishwasher categories? 
Um, <laughs> white goods. <laughs> <laughs> what color is it? White. Of course. Of course. The, Duh, that's the, why. I mean, but, but, you know. I, I, yes, I actually okay. came here. Did they manage to sell all 40 that they made? They did. Try to find yeah, one now. They've all been crashed. Uh, <laughs> drum brakes. <laughs> drum brakes. Oversteer. The average person doesn't know how to deal I, with oversteer. I came here wanting to actually suggest that perhaps the, the sleeper the sleeper car, which used to be a large sedan almost exclusively, is exactly what Thomas was saying. I was, I was coming to suggest that perhaps we need to look at categories uh, of sleepers in different categories. So in other words, lots of cars are fast, but perhaps if your car is fast for that category, what made me think of that this morning was I was driving behind, and, and bear with me, uh, a Mercedes GLA 45, okay? Mm. So I'm not saying that I want one. I'm not saying that I would drive one. But, but I fast. know how fast that thing is. That's over 250 kilowatts, close to 280 kilowatts in what's essentially a small hatchback, okay? Mm. The GLA, it's not as fast as it, it's, as it should be. It's very fast. The GLA, and That's the GLA is, is not as obvious as the, as the A-class, so the A-Class with the same engine, the A45, usually comes with wings and sound and mags. The GLA is actually quite demure. It's a small SUV uh, sort of designed for small families. You see it in front of you and you know it's packing 280 kilowatts. But if you look at the body, it doesn't have any wheel arch extensions. It doesn't have any wings. It was actually quite subtle. And I thought that so maybe a, the as, category... As the original A45s, in fairness, actually were like that as well. They didn't have any real spoilers, and actually they, they, they look quite uh, like, yeah, like, they a, look. like an A200. They can do. Yeah, so can GLA, do. that's Mercedes' new talk for Q3. A that's higher. Q3, yeah. Okay. All their GLs are higher. Yes. Yeah. I can't keep up. I don't think they are. I think they like... No, I don't mean high look as higher. in they've taken something. I mean high as in... <laughs> no, I get that. It's not <laughs> in the quailies, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so, so I've got a, I've got a thing. So I think that the there are certain cars, and not many, mm. that actually, if you got up to someone in the ro- at the uh, robot, that they actually would think nothing of it. And they're not many. So I think most of the uh, like most of the, all the golfs, everyone assumes that it's like got some kind of GTI type engine in it. Um, and a lot of them are GTIs. Um, all the Mercs, you know, everyone but thinks the that they've got some kind of... But the is more subtle than the GTI. There's no doubt. But like all of these things, and, and to be honest, body kits are, are so common nowadays that the average person wouldn't know whether it's an M4 or if it's a if it's a if it's just a, two, a, 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 a an M3 or if it's a 320 mm. um, with yeah, with a kit on it. So what but, is but, but, but the so, last of the queue? So, I, so I'm saying there are there are certain cars, and for me the the definition is what car would an accountant drive? So if if an accountant would drive a car, then it has the potential to be a sleeper. Okay. So I and I know a little bit about accounting, um, okay. having in my former life been an auditor, and I think the top three cars that an auditor would drive is a Mercedes C-Class. It's very sensible really is mm. um, then in second place the Audi A4 absolutely yep. nothing says I'm Not sensible arguing. like that but then you get the accountant who thinks he's being a little bit risque av- or avant-garde I can see where you're going and uh, yeah. and they go out and buy Lexus yes now, Where does the BMW fit in? No, 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 no. Okay, no. we'll go with Lexus. No, no, uh, we'll go with no. Lexus. BMWs are for like salespeople and okay. people in like uh, in finance jobs marketing. and marketing. Okay. No, okay. monies are for marketers. Okay, oh, so but, we've got but accountants. Accountants. If you go to auditing Audi. firms, you'll see a whole lot of those cars okay. and the partners. That's what. So they is your argument to. that a current C sixty three 
Is it a Q car? No, I'm saying that it's got the potential. No, it's, it's like not. I'm saying it's a C-Class. It C-Class has the potential. Actually, probably an E-Class, actually. It's called an E-Class. An E-Class probably has so the potential. So a larger sedan. Yeah, because yeah. you drive down the road, they think... There is the partner at uh, one of the auditing firms. He's done quite nicely. He's got a nice E-class. He's sitting there and looking very lofty. And actually, that's when you could end up getting hammered by a by an E63. But aren't mm. the diesel variants maybe the Q cars? Yeah, they could be because mm. they are unassuming, but they're very these fast. days exceptionally like, fast. And well, they're going to be done soon. Yeah, they will be diesel on the way we, out for discussion. So, next so then, time. but also, couldn't couldn't you say that? The, the new generation of electric cars could be Q cars. Because no. those, those things accelerate. No, no, no. No, 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 they're assumed to be fast. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, yeah, I mean, are. like, even as like a normal, like a, a Tesla Model 3. Yeah. Somebody doesn't know what that is. It just looks like a, an average hodgepodge. It really does. A Camry. So but we do know, mm-hmm. well, the general public, I think, now know that they are very fast. I don't think they do. I well, speak to a lot of people about... They are the but, well, 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 but now we need to go back to the definition of sleeper because was it only that it was fast or that it was actually a very good sports car? No. In other words, is handling not part of the equation? No, I don't In think Ronin, so. In it was a good handling car as well. Yeah. So but, a Tesla but, Model 3 doesn't quite... I know what you mean. Though. I'll tell you actually I think what's, what's buggered it up here is that the cars all look like they are sports cars. So everyone mm-hmm. is ordered with like an M-Tech pack or an AMG. I Big mean, like wheels. every car looks like an AMG. Yeah. The cool thing about a, um, and like this this will make you wince a little bit, I know, like a, an E500 or a 500E um, Mercedes, which was manufactured by Porsche. Mm. Um, and it looks like, that thing looks properly like a Normal Box E-Class, if, it, it, and, but if you know what to look for, there are a couple little things. Little and and back in the day, that was the kind of thing that you pulled up next to a Ferrari, yeah. and then you blew him into the into the reeds. Love those. Well, we were having an argument on our WhatsApp group a couple of days ago, and I said one of the coolest sleepers I ever had was the Audi A7 three-liter bi-turbo diesel. Mm. That thing was quick, and it looked unassuming. It had like sort of high-profile tires. It looked like a normal A7. But when you put your foot down and you unleashed, I think it had like 750 newton meters of torque. Which, that's a that's a no, big slug. I'm of not torque. arguing with you that it was that thing was fast. quick and it took people by. So they're like, "What the hell?" It was is just that? ugly as well, fugly because I can't say. It. So I'll take your A7 and I'll I'll raise you an S6. So cool. the yeah. current S6 Very, yeah. um, is large sedan. Ma- ma- so maybe what about what about saying that it's it's often the the one below the top of the range, the top of the range is usually the the balls out M AMG model, uh, with exhausts and smoke coming off the tires. It's often the one that's just underneath, so the S6 rather than the RS6 without the big arches, mm. without the huge grills. What about the one by race? Uh, not the one by race. <laughs> <coughs> we can't discuss that here for various reasons. Yeah. Um, but an Why? S6, an S6 uh, me never. So an S6 right. with um, with in a good color, something like a white or a black or a, or a silver. I think that could be a current car that you could buy. Mm. That would be a proper sleeper, three hundred and thirty-one kilowatts, and it handles. Let yeah. me tell you, I I enjoyed that car. I lovely, had it, and thing. it was a very, very cool. Also, it just blended in. I didn't mm. feel like a toss spot driving it, and I often feel like a bit of a douche behind the wheel of these cars because you know I look like I'm 23. 
for again for our listening audience we've all been been told at one point or another that we have a face for radio yeah um <laughs> so you're not missing anything mm. um you know and yeah i i don't know i like i like those unassuming cars mm. that's why i, I like that a7 in yeah. fact if i had to choose one just you know in terms of closing because we need to r- wrap the segment up if you had to pick one Oh, good idea. Let's pick one. Let's pick one. I'm going with A7 TDI. Are you talking about current cars that are sold at the moment? Well, with like in like the last four years, let's say. Difficult. Hmm. It is difficult. Alpha 4C. <laughs> what? I thought we were still talking about sleepers. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the kind of car. I mean, by definition, it's the <laughs> one that goes. Are you going to call How's an Alpha 4 sleeper? Mark, I can't help you in this. Because actually, by definition, it's the car that can go next to a Ferrari, a new one, and actually surprise it. It's not a sleeper. It's not a sleeper. Choose something. You have to choose a four door sedan. That's ridiculous. You have to choose a four door sedan. I would choose one of Chet's. Wrong. One of Chet's Subarus. Yeah. I actually have no idea. I've never given this uh, subject any thought, but new M5, if you can say that's a sleeper. Yeah, I'd say. Or the diesel equivalent. Or maybe the 540 just below it. Don't they do like a 550D or Mm. something like that? Yeah. So I think I would choose the S6 currently, but of all time, I think uh, Mark's suggestion of the W124 E500. Yeah. What a thing. That for me is the ultimate definition. Almost indistinguishable from normal. What about Bentleys? No, no, too, no, you too, assume too brash. Fast. How no. does that blend in? Too brash does not blend in. You get in. a four-door sedan no. Bentley. It's always faster than you think. Bentley, uh, what do you call those older ones from the 80s? Nadevil, no? Arnage, Arnage. Exactly, one of those. Anyway, now Turbo that's Arnage. a whole other discussion. No. We're keeping it European and German by the sounds of things. If I was back in the 90s, I would have gone for a Camry 300 SEI. Those were smooth. Very I still have one today. If you had to crest at a three liter twenty four, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah you see. Alpha one five six V six was nice. Yeah, mm. you see, <laughs> and and uh, I mean ultimately, Uno Turbo, <laughs> Uno Turbo. You know the boost turned out to two bar. Greatest car of all time, man. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to wrap this up. We guys. have to wrap this up. Someone just mentioned an Uno Turbo. <laughs> Cool. So, guys, we're going to take another break, and when we get back, we're going to be t- discussing some news, maybe touch on Tesla, and uh, see who would want what, a Singer 911 or Porsche 959. Welcome back to Cargumentative. In our final segment, we're going to talk about some news, because that's always important. And um, I don't know if you guys have been following Elon Musk and Tesla and the tweets. A little bit. And, you know. The bit I know hmm. is he tweeted about taking Tesla private. Correct. Again, inflating his own share price. Hmm. And he's apparently coming under fire about that. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Have you guys heard still financial stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And then there was a there was another news piece earlier this week that uh, the, the Saudi Saudi Arabian government is interested in buying a large percentage of it. Oh, but that might be hand in hand with the the tweet. Yeah. So so there's there's lots of things going on there. There's also been tweets about bumpers falling off Model Threes in the rain. They've been like like a whole host of guys who've just been sending photographs direct to. Huh? Tell us about the bumpers. This is news to me. Yeah, yeah no, no, they had some quality problems, and yeah. uh, but I think you know, I mean, it's a it's a startup 
car company. Yeah. Um, I think the thing we need to like establish here mm-hmm. is, are we going to talk a lot about electric cars because I start getting sad? And I, mean, I don't know about you guys. Um, <laughs> I know you people are, think, are, 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 are greenies, but I mean, like, we'll talk about uh, how the batteries destroy the environment. And, and Well, yeah, know. I mean, we, we, we're probably going to run out of lithium before we run out of petrol. Which is like the cold hard truth, because that stuff is very hard to mine. It's expensive to mine. But isn't there a point that um, electric cars and the more we have of them, the more fuel there is for us petrol heads? So the two go together. I mean, I like the way you think. That's the way to think. Well, what, 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 what irritates me is that the whole electric car revolution, if you want to call it, I don't know if it's that quite yet, but it will be, um, is based on an understanding that the electric car is better for the environment. And I think that that's what you touched on, Mark. And the truth is that I'm not really sure that that's true. The best car for the environment that we have that, for example, we own in this room is probably Mark's 1979-11. Why? Because it's already made. It Mm. exists. And it doesn't matter how much petrol it's going to burn over the next 50 years of its life. It's going to use less energy than producing the next single Model 3 Tesla. And, and yeah. so in the end, none of this really makes any sense, particularly from a green point of view. And disposal of the batteries is an issue. Uh, I will say that if we're going to just accept for a minute that electric cars are the future, I'm not sure, and whether they're the right thing, Tesla seems to have disrupted. It's a very popular word. They seem to have disrupted everything. They seem to have come in and done it right. And, and I um, think that, like, you know, we're not making this into a finance discussion. The, the reality of it is that it's not making any money at the moment. It's, it's hemorrhaging cra- cash. Um, but I think that it's a matter of a similar kind of thing to the Amazon model where you lose money, you lose money, you lose money. And eventually, because you've just got so much scale, you finally start making money. And then where there's an adoption to it. The, the thing that I think they're going to come under fire from is you take a, um, a sports car manufacturer like Porsche. You know that they're going to, with this Mission E that they're going to be bringing out. The you know, that, sorry, the, the Taycan. Yeah, the Taycan. Absolutely. So it's already got a name. And... Like, you know that it's, it's going to name. be, well, I mean, well, it's, yeah, I mean. It's a name. Yeah, it's a name. Anyway. But, but you know it's going to be brilliant. You know that it's going to be Isn't a lot of this off, mandated off. by government? So aren't manufacturers under pressure to meet with certain emissions per amount of cars that they make? So that's where all this electric is coming from. I mean, no, so we're not saying it's more environmentally, environmentally but, friendly. We're well, saying that the, the regulations were born out of a need or perceived need from the populace to be more environmentally or to friendly. to move away from fossil and fuels. to move away from fossil fuels. But the regulations, in my opinion, were exceptionally short-sighted. And exactly. I, I'm not sure. But but it, it's happening. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. It happening. And uh, the electric car revolution is upon us. And everybody's buying in. Uh, is Elon Musk just bringing it back to current events, taking it private? He, he's come under a lot of... Um, I think I think the the reasoning behind it is come under he comes under a lot of pressure from um, from the press. Well, there's public scrutiny. Um, yeah, there's, there's and the so the share price fluctuates based mm-hmm. on press opinion, and he wants to remove his company from that uh, from from that influence. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. it's self-inflicted with the amount of tweeting he does. I think he he loves it, he thrives on it. He likes attention. to call heroes pedophiles, but that's yeah. another issue. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was terrible. So, so I like to think I've got quite a lot of experience with uh, electric cars. Um, I've, uh, <laughs> really? You had your milk delivered yeah. yeah. when you were young? Yeah, no, no. I've, I've actually like, um, had a 48-volt a golf cart like on two wheels. 
Um, and I've worked out that it's the opposite of the Materia, which has no brakes at the back. Um, these golf cl- uh, golf carts only have brakes at the front, so you can. <laughs> but it and it requires quite a lot of skill to lock up the back and then get back on the power to get it to drift. So I mean, I think that, like you know, I I, I think I'm pretty. I like equipped. the way you steered this conversation. I'm, I'm I'm pretty equipped for for to comment on the electric cars, electric and I think features. they're junk. Um, yeah, they, they they steer themselves. I drove an i8 and I liked it. Yeah, but uh, and that I think is the worst of all. I liked it. It's got Shortly an engine we that is sim- that yeah. is synthesized. I'm saying like that car looks sensational. It's got doors that open up, which make Dihedral. it just make it amazing. But if you use but so an electric M5. motor to well, talk fill. If it sounded like a car from Tron, it would be amazing. It if does. It was, if it does not, it sounds like an engine <laughs> that's revving like in a monotone. What and about the it, it the same one. Yeah, it's that's a hybrid. a hybrid. Yeah, but hybrid is good. Yeah, but it's, it's a still electric, and you can still drive it. In, uh, I don't know if you can. No, you can't. No, I don't no, know if you can. You can do it. The P1, yeah. P1, you can do. You yeah. can drive an electric, or and the 918, you can do. It. Yeah, 918, yeah. you, you can definitely ride. That's the only in one you could drive in both uh, modes in in electric only mode. Hmm. But to me, the whole interesting thing about about, about Tesla at the moment is uh, is the Saudis keen to 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 grab a. A shareholder. If this was a if this was a financial conversation, that would be the most Im- yeah, interesting. No, thing. it is. But because it isn't, Talkville, Talkville, Talkville is the only good use of an electric motor. No Agreed. rubbish. No, no, <laughs> because there is nothing more spectacular than a rev range. Going through a rev range. I mean, you'll know that in the GT3s, it's got two cams basically. But it comes on at like five thousand, and again it a goes turbo. If you have Talkville. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But no, but, but the all modern cars are just a, like a, a table mountain of torque all the way from the bottom end. Yeah, They're yeah. all the same. Uh, and I, you I, can't drive them without traction control. I, I'd like to take control here and, okay. just, and, just, and just somewhat predictably bring the conversation back to Porsche. I was, was about was to that, go there. Was that what we were going to do? The, okay. Because it's still newsworthy because there's something called the, the Singer DLS. Mm. Um, ah. Dynamic lightweight study, and I think that was kind of what you were going to I tell us about. Indeed. Okay. Well, not particularly that, but I was going to talk about Singer because you know we all like Porsches here. We do. We do. And uh, Singer is a very we can agree on it. We can. Yeah. How's that? I mean, we, agree on. we all like. How's that? How is hey? that? We all like air cooled Porsches. All Porsches. Yeah. Mark, but we can't agree <laughs> on an Alpha Four C. <laughs> no, we can't. Okay. We yes. Can't. Anyway, we Let's talk about skull. Porsches. So oh, yeah, and the Alpha Four C actually like. Lost to a Tesla pulling an Alpha 4C. I don't know if everyone's seen the video. Oh, yeah. That uh, was amazing. Yeah. Is this like a bet to see how many times you can say Alpha 4C <laughs> in each segment? I think I'm he's trying, trying to advertise it. it. He's, he's driving up the price. Simple. He's driving up the value of we his need car. To kill us. All right. Okay. Enough. enough. Let's talk about the Porsches. Porsches. So, Singer. If you like Porsche, there's a good chance you'll love Singer because they do some amazing stuff. They're Except the Mark's element. Retro. No, they're, they're, they're stupid. Carry on, Thomas. No, but carry on. Retro modded Porsche 911s that are kind of blending together the best of all the breeds from early cars to later cars and everything in between you're getting like this this amazing monument to Porsche and it takes and borrows all the best pieces and they I mean and these cars are exquisitely built I mean they're probably built better than Porsche could make them I mean I mean I mean the attention to detail from from just engine bay to in interior to the upholstery to the stitching to it's just it's it's perfection so often often um i mean there's a lot of social media coverage for singer 
um, they do they do very well with social media. I think they've got their mm-hmm. marketing very 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 well done. And um, I, I will say I've been exceptionally fortunate to be able to poke around a singer uh, myself, and um, it's not just a ten paces car. Mm-hmm. That quality shines all the way through to the final millimeter. You can put your nose on that paintwork, and you will be astonished. Um, they really do do something special. For 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 those who, who don't know, it's they take a, a nine six four generation nine eleven uh, Porsche and they then strip it completely, um, retaining only its chassis number, if I understand, and then rebuild it into, as you say, uh, an homage to the best bits uh, that Porsche had over the years um, and create something very, very, very special. Spectacular. I mean, uh, uh, and I'll 100% concede that probably from a build quality perspective and from a specialness perspective, if you walked up to it, you'll be dazzled by all the little bits. Mm. I just, but I'm just saying like, why, why don't you like it? it? So I'm, I'm looking at it and saying, if you've ever driven a pre-74, you would know that it is, there's just a specialness to that car that can't be recreated. Similarly, I mean, I've driven a 964S, very fortunate. I'd say it's probably the best car I've ever driven. Um, and that's absolutely brilliant. Now, the problem I've got with the uh, with a Singer is that you could have a genuine 73 RS and a 964 RS and probably a 993 RS all for the same money. And, you know, they're saying they're trying to take the best bits of each one, and there's a chance, actually, that it goes like a modified 964. And I I would have a suspicion that it would actually go like that. Um, When you start talking about the other options, I mean... Let, let's, let's say, how much is a is a singer? Nine hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars. Starting at three hundred and fifty thousand dollars entry price, but on average, um, five hundred thousand dollars, and the DLS will be double that. Okay, so DLS, um, and the DLS is a little bit bastardized. I mean, you can see it's now it's sprouted big, big fen- flared uh, fenders, and it's it's not as subtle as it originally was. Um, so it doesn't look like a pre seventy four anymore. It's looking, you know, it's on big wheels. You know, it, it definitely has some some cues, but let's let's look at the million dollar one. Like, what else are you? What else can you buy? On, if you're if you're like adamant, you want a Porsche that's going to be really special. Okay, let's line up. Nine five nine. Nine five nine, or the whole water cooled RS series, like all of them, mm-hmm. like every single one. And yeah. um, you know, I just I couldn't get my head around it. You know, like. And as I say, I appreciate it, and I look forward to going for a drive in a Dove and Mark's one, and your one. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the price point is the. You got, we'll go the we'll go the we'll go the four of us, and I'll go. And but yeah. like many things, I think the price point brings the price point is so high. Mm. Um, so first of all, the question is: Is it worth the money? Uh, having seen one, uh, and the attention to detail, and the remanufacturing from scratch of parts, redesigning the R and D for each single part, it probably is worth the money. So that's one question answered. But uh, in other words, the amount of effort and time and money that goes into creating one, it's probably worth the amount of money that they're asking. However, given that amount of money, the argument here in this room is that you could buy many, many, many other things. And I think it goes back to uh, this conversation comes up, you know, whenever we're together. And the truth is the people that can afford to Mm. buy these cars – it's actually irrelevant to them. I mean, they can have one of these and one of those and another one of something else, you know. And uh, this happens to be the the most modern 911 
the the best interpretation of an air cooled 911 that we can create in 2018 mm. and uh people are happy to buy into that and they can probably buy a pagani as well if that's what it's going to be and they can probably they already have a 964 rs in the garage mm. so largely speaking for us thinking about whether we would buy one or the other that question is moot for the people who really are buying them yeah i mean yeah. it comes back to well i'm going to say the 4c again but like it's mike's eighth car it's going to be some like high rotors 20th car mm. and you exactly. can do it because you can do it yeah you it's can. not going to be you wouldn't buy a 4c basically unless it could be your eighth car exactly you know, you know. if it, if you were to choose mm. if you own no 911s no yeah. porsches and you could buy one mm. Mm. Having had little experience of 911s, you'd probably go out and buy a GT3 RS with, if you had lots of money. You'd always buy the top of the range. GT3 Touring. Or Touring. 911R. But you wouldn't go buy a... 911T. You wouldn't go buy a Singer. I think a Singer's for someone who's got, like Nadav says, just about everything else. Or like you said. Although the cool thing about the Singer to me is it's it's... It's so modern. It's got all the nice mod cons you want, but don't necessarily get in a traditional air-cooled Porsche 911. So you're getting all that, you know, like air conditioning that works. You're getting a proper sound system. You're getting a level of modernity spliced into the old school experience, which which is kind of cool if you want something that that is, you know, modern every day. But you would but never, you would never ever daily a singer. Like no, just you would ne- it would oh, never no, and no, a 964's got all of those yeah. things bar Bluetooth and you can mm. put that in quite easily yeah sure but so it's got aircon that works it's got power steering it's got ABS it, it's got all of that and that's yeah. like a $30,000 car but, yeah. but, but you you could daily it I mean say say like you were a rock star in a band you just like you know I want something that stands out I, I want something special I want I want that old Porsche but I still want some newness worked into it and that's oh, where the they sell them makes, how many have they made? They hit uh, a milestone recently. Hundredth car recently. 100th car. Yeah, yeah. So they're selling them. Uh, here's, yeah, a question. here's a question. Here's a question. Going back to the sleeper argument, does anyone who doesn't really know can they really tell if it's a singer or just another Porsche? Maybe they it is a bit of a sleeper. No, Maybe it's know. a bit of a sleeper. You can spend three hundred fifty grand on yeah, the most incredible be. air-cooled nine eleven you can buy today with the Williams motor. I with mean, the Williams designed and built is motor. Is that thing air-cooled? The Williams motor. Yes, yes. it is the most powerful air-cooled. It's thermodynamically engine. almost impossible, and they've done it. Incredible. That, that in itself is just mind blowing. I mean, it's oil cooling as well. Oil it's cooling. a company that just it kind of. But it, it, you know, you, you could buy you could buy it, and nobody would really know. It's just another Porsche. They all yeah. look the same. How that's disappointing what, that's would that be? And, and you and go and spend and, half and you a million. And, I, and to you and I would be dollars. driving around in our 911Es, just loving the complete <laughs> analog experience, and Possibly. that's the reality. So the, the question gonna, it's going to miss it. The question and I was put on the table was 959, mm. which was Porsche's ultimate supercar of the 80s. Versus, uh, a, a, a versus a singer, Mark. Yeah, someone gives you the money. It's not even a discussion. Nine five nine. Yeah, sure. I think I'd go for the nine five nine as well. Even though neither of us have experienced either of them, mm. I think based on hype and the fact that I've never even seen a nine five nine. Nine five nine. I stood in a room which had about ten nine five nine. Of course you I? did. I was like, eventually I got bored. I was like, oh, <laughs> there's another nine five nine, and this one's got gold. Where paint. was that? At uh, Porsche Classic in Germany. Uh, You know, people have them, they send them over to be refurbished. And there there was like this glut of 959. I actually saw someone also, Jean Tot's got five. Yeah. 
So there are plenty there. I haven't seen one, and you guys have all seen one. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to change that soon. Yeah, they're only around so. 200, I, I think. That. Yeah, they will. Yeah. I promise that. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to throw a spoke, and I'm going to go, if I had a choice, I think I'd go for a singer. <laughs> I could have predicted that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that a 959 will feel antiquated today. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be an incredible experience, and I would love to have one. But I think that it's still going to feel anachronistic in a way it was the best that they could do then mm. a singer is almost like they took a 911 and it's the best that they could do now so the 911 air cooled stopped being developed and yet they've now taken all the expertise and developed it an extra 30 years and now you're getting the benefit of all the technology of the last three decades and I don't think that it's going to feel anachronistic. I think it's going to feel bang up to the minute. And it's going to be effectively an air-cooled GT3. Mm. And I think that's going to be amazing. So you're going for a singer as well? I think I might go for a singer. It's a tough one. That's brilliant. You can come back next week. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Guys, it's been fantastic. Our first show ever. Thank you so much for joining us. has been good. Yeah. Um, Guys out there, if you'd like to listen or uh, you know, drop us a question or get in touch, uh, tweet us at, uh, at cargumentative. And uh, we'll get back and you Do know. Do we have a, a, an at? Uh, well, it's in the it's in the wow. pipeline. It's I'm amazed. This is official. It's yeah. at cargumentative. At, at cargumentative. Is that on Fantastic. Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. You can find us there and drop us a yeah. line. Unbelievable. Let us know what you think. If you have any suggestions, if you'd like to see photographs of us, Tremendous. especially Mike, you know, he's good looking. He's good looking. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Um, but other than <laughs> anyway, slip slops. <laughs> Excellent, guys. We'll catch you next week for another episode. Thanks, of everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. Ciao, Cheers. Guys.